0: Welcome to the Healthy Podcast presented by Melrose Wakefield Healthcare. My name is Rob Branya, and I am pleased to welcome Trissa Therian Bowen, a registered dietitian at Melrose Wakefield Healthcare. Trissa, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here today, Rob.
0: Great. Um, today we are talking about healthy eating in a moment when a, when a lack of time and a preponderance of quick and easy prepackaged foods are the norm. Trissa, how hard is it to eat healthy in the 21st century, and what can we do to keep healthy eating in our lives?
1: That's a great question. So the tough part is we are very good at making ourselves more busy. Um, But sometimes because of that, we're losing out on time and uh, we can't invent more hours in the day. So unfortunately, we're finding ways to cut corners. And one of those ways could be through your eating habits. Um, And so, you know, one of those things could be as you're sitting in traffic, uh, you may have missed lunch because you had a deadline you had to hit, and then we hit up fast food on the way. Or we go to the grocery store and uh, are a little bit short with our budget, and so we end up compromising the quality of our food for something a little bit less expensive. So it's definitely a major challenge.
0: And connected to that, o- over the past few years, we've seen um, these mail-order meal, meal kits gain popularity, uh, where they send you the ingredients and a recipe, or in some cases, a fully cooked meal that you just have to pop into the microwave. Um, for starters, uh, can we talk about these a little bit? And, and can these be a healthy option? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. They can certainly be a, especially a first step into your changes for healthy eating. Um, any change as small or as large as you want it to be can always bring you in that direction. So with these meal kit delivery systems, a couple to name a few to help you familiarize yourself with that would be Blue Apron, Hello Fresh, Plated. Uh, the similarities between these three things are that they uh, provide pre-measured ingredients and step-by-step recipes on how to create the meal. So you're in charge of preparing and cooking the meal. um, And the best part is it's delivered directly to your doorstep. Uh, There is the other one called Freshly, which is a pre-made meal uh, that is done ahead of time by cooks. And basically, all you have to do is take it home, pop it in the microwave, and you have a home-cooked meal. Um, With that being said, there are some benefits and limitations to these. Uh, With the benefits, one of the best things is time saving. You don't have to go to the grocery store. Uh, I do find that with the people I work with, the best examples are coming back from a vacation where there's nothing in the fridge or the pantry and you just want to have something fresh out of eating out for a full week. It's also a great opportunity for beginner cooks who don't have much experience in the kitchen to uh, get them used to trying new things. Uh, That being said, most of the ingredients are fresh. um, So you also have the option to try things that you wouldn't normally try uh, if you were left to your own devices. Um, you can keep the recipes at the end but the coolest thing with this is that there is no commitment so you can pause or cancel at any time
0: okay so overall a pretty good option uh, absolutely they're
1: a little pricey and you still have to do a little bit of meal prep but overall I think it's a great option for most people
0: okay great Um, And from there, let's talk a little bit about fad diets. Sure. Uh, In particular, uh, some of these sort of back-to-the-roots diets, uh, such as keto and raw foods, have become very popular in the past couple of years. Um, Where do we start with these? Are, Are these safe? Are they healthy? Um.
1: That's a great question. Um, so there's a different way that I look at the word diet compared to the people that I'm sitting across the table with. So for me, diet means lifestyle. It's day in and day out till the last breaths that you take. Um, with most people I'm working with, diet to them means restricting. So it's uh, sometimes with these fad diets, they lead to yo-yo or all or nothing approaches because they're not sustainable. Uh, So, for example, a very popular diet right now is low-carbs. Back in the 70s, it used to be low-fat, so they kind of revolve. You can kind of tell if it's a fad diet because it is a a quick fix to a long-term problem. And they usually, you know, tote it up as rapid weight loss in a short amount of time without putting too much time or effort into it. So the keto diet is the one I see most often, uh, and most people have questions on this. And it was actually developed back in 1920 as a treatment for children with epilepsy. It had nothing to do with weight loss at all. And so it's kind of come into fashion because of weight loss. With the ketogenic diet, basically, it's very hard to reach a state of ketosis. It can take up to two weeks. uh, And that's by following very strict limitations on carbohydrates. So your body ends up using all the glycogen stored in your muscle. And as a result, uh, we're losing water weight. That first 10 pounds that you're guaranteed, that's water weight. It's not true weight loss. Um, But with uh, the ketogenic diet, if you have too many carbohydrates, like a snap of a finger, you're out of the cycle of ketosis. So this is something where if you're someone who wants to have that pasta at dinner on the weekends or, you know, have some snacks during the football game, if you have a little bit too many carbohydrates, you're going to break that cycle. You're not even following the ketogenic diet anymore, and most people don't realize that.
0: So you've got to be 100%
1: dedicated. 100% dedicated. Uh, It's very high fat, which can also lead to some issues with increasing your LDL cholesterol, which is the unhealthy, the one we don't want to see go up, can cause it to go up.
0: In the end, it sounds like it really comes down to using common sense.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so whether you're you're picking a diet that's out there or you're, you're choosing foods, what are the things that you know every average Joe should be looking for? And you know, is there a particular diet or plan that? the majority of people in the country should be following.
1: Absolutely. So honestly, whatever you're able to change is always going to count, like I mentioned before. But some common sense examples would be, first of all, make sure you're getting enough sleep. So my night snackers, the biggest thing is we talk about going to sleep. Um, By that time of the day, you've worked a full day. You might have been caring for family members or studying for school, working on that deadline at work. Uh, Your body's tired, and it's going to look for a fuel source coming from either food or from rest. And most of the time, if it's 10 o'clock and you're munching on something, just go to bed. Um, another great option is hydration. So um, getting enough water. A lot of times we're, when we're dehydrated, our body can mistake that actually for hunger. Uh, so by making sure that you're drinking hydrating fluids, we're not talking about your cup of coffee that we're sipping on all day long. We're talking about things like water, Um If you need to add some lemon or lime, uh, some mint to your water to flavor it up, that can count too. And then, last but not least, and this one I think is a big change for a lot of people, is slowing down how fast you eat. Um, It takes about 20 minutes for your brain and your stomach to chemically communicate that you're no longer hungry. So, if you're in a rush and it takes you five to 10 minutes for you to eat your meal, uh, you might find yourself having larger portions. than if you sat down and really listened to your body's cues of saying, you know what, I'm all set.
0: Interesting. Now, you work in a healthcare setting, so I'm sure that you work with many people who have restricted diets based on their diagnosis or yes. medications that they're on. Um, are there important things that people with, say, diabetes or heart disease or renal issues? need to know about healthy eating.
1: Absolutely. Um, And that's why I think it's great when uh, we're able to collaborate um, with different providers so that we can look at all different aspects. With the diet piece, people with diabetes need to be very careful about their carbohydrate intake. It doesn't mean that you can't eat carbohydrates, but we want to make sure that you're optimizing uh, complex carbohydrates. So those are carbohydrates that have a lot of fiber Oats, beans, um, lentils, uh, whole, 100% whole grain bread, brown rice. So things that aren't refined. So refined, a lot of times I get questions is I was told I shouldn't do anything white. Um, That, I think, goes into the refined category, but uh, you want to maximize the complex carbohydrates. And you also want to watch your portion size. So having too many is going to impact your blood sugars. Uh, With a cardiac diet, the biggest things is watching your saturated fat intake and your sodium intake. Uh, So with those, saturated fat comes from... um, a lot of uh, things like cream, butter, fatty cuts of meat, um, a whole milk. We want to cut down on our intake of those things. And then salt. Try to buy frozen or fresh is great for uh, produce. Uh, trying to find a low-sodium label on a soup can if you're going to have it. Dilute that can with water if you want to take it a little bit further. So there's some steps that we can take to help you out. And with renal disease, uh, sodium, again, is very important. Depending on the stage you're at with your renal disease, um, it also means that you have to start watching things like your potassium intake, your phosphorus intake, and how much protein you're consuming per day.
0: Great. We're going to wrap things up here. uh, But I wanted to give you a moment for something important. Uh, So registered dietitians versus nutritionists. Go.
1: So a great question. I get this asked all the time of me. So basically, an easy way to look at it is a registered dietitian can call themselves a nutritionist. However, a nutritionist can't necessarily call themselves a registered dietitian. There's a big difference in education and training. So with a a registered dietitian, we are required to complete at least a bachelor's degree. A lot of higher education. facilities are requiring a master's degree. And we also have to complete a dietetic internship. And we have to be matched, kind of like a doctor gets matched to a residency. We have to get matched to a program and then spend at least uh, 1,200 supervised hours of practice. And then after all that, we have to take a national exam and pass that. Depending on the state you live, so in Massachusetts, we also have to become licensed in order to legally practice. So there is a big difference um, in terms of that.
0: This has been a great talk today, Uh, very informative. Um, I'm sure other people will have more questions. Um, How would someone who wants to get in touch with a registered dietitian go about doing so?
1: So if anybody's looking, um, you can look for, we do have outpatient nutrition services. We provide one-to-one individualized um, visits together. What you can do is you can ask your provider for a referral, or you're also welcome to go on our hospital website at www.melrosewakefield.org and uh, search keywords nutrition counseling.
0: Okay, great. Uh, Trissa and bowen Registered dietitian at Melrose Wakefield Healthcare. Thank you for a great talk today.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: Okay, great. Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast or have feedback for us or want to suggest future topics, please send us a note at community at melrosewakefield.org. The Healthy Podcast is co-produced by Melrose Wakefield Healthcare and Wakefield Community Access Television. For more health information, listings of future community events and lectures, or to find a doctor, visit melrosewakefield.org. All content heard on the Healthy Podcast was created for informational purposes only. This content is not tended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.